never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that is just as confused as Ross if he saw Marcel with a coin from the Black Pearl. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening, along with me as always. And welcome back to my brother, Peter. How are you, man? Ahoy. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, good. Yeah, I had a little little vacation. Uh, I feel well rested. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So I'm ready to go. <laughs> now, I know you listened to last week's episode and I said that you were on vacation, but I also said that I could not remember where you were going. <laughs> right. <laughs> And um, as, a, as a family member, I feel bad. As a uh, co-host, I feel bad. Uh, so where'd you go? Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually went down to uh, Key West, um, and we went we went down there for the air show, and then oh, nice. uh, okay. kind of spent a week of uh, a lot of uh, rum tastings and uh, going to the beach, and kind of just a really relaxing time. Uh, my favorite part of the trip was probably. Um, we went on this like five hour guided, well, we went on this five hour boat tour, but it included um, kind of like this free swim slash snorkeling session at uh, one of the big sandbars that's th down there, as well as a uh, guided kayak tour around and through this uh, island that had like a bunch of channels through it and stuff. And that was pretty awesome. But overall, it was like just a super relaxing little family vacation so it was awesome <laughs> excellent okay um yeah absolutely <laughs> well in your uh in your travels did you get a chance to watch anything <laughs> that's that's the unfortunate thing is i actually had the chance to watch a lot of stuff <laughs> so I, I actually uh, that sounds I keep... that's that actually sounds kind of weird i took a vacation <laughs> i went to key west so, i went air show I got to hang yeah. outside, go swim on a beach. <laughs> right on, right. Weather. So, so the thing was, there was, yeah, there was plane rides. So I managed to knock out a couple uh, movies that I was behind on, um, as well as on the trip we went. We went to the theater at one point too. So I'll get to that. <laughs> but um, what's that? <laughs> That's just funny. But all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So uh. Yeah. So movies I watched on the plane. Uh. The first one I wanted to mention, I can keep super short, but uh, it, there's this new movie that's kind of in the realm of like indie sci-fi horror slash like alien invasion sort of thing. But it's very indie. It's very low budget. It's very uh, low on the special effects. And that movie is called Significant Other, but it's very... Um, it's just very smart, like the way the movie's put together. And it's obviously like not the huge, the biggest budget, but it is like a super entertaining story. And it's a movie that's not afraid to 
get campy and it's not afraid to go kind of unbelievable places, but it does it in a really smart, satisfying sort of way. And if it's like, if you're into sci-fi horror, alien invasion sorts of stuff, I would definitely check, check that movie out. And I'm, I'm mentioning aliens, not too much of a spoiler because if you watch the movie and within the first five minutes, you don't realize that it involves aliens. I don't know <laughs> what your problem is. I don't know how you missed that. So um, the next one I wanted to mention is I finally got a chance to watch uh, Megan on the plane. Oh, uh, Drew, I okay. don't know if you've seen this one, but from not. your reaction, I can tell you're familiar. <laughs> I'm, I'm familiar enough to go tell me. <laughs> tell me. Yes. Yeah. So this movie is great. It is a Blumhouse production. So also kind of. I don't know if I want to call it super indie because it did make a huge splash at the box office and stuff, but it is like in the realm of off the beaten path, sort of like horror sci-fi sort of stuff. But this movie does like such a good job because what it basically is showing you is you have this toy company that is developing a robotic companion for your child and that's who Megan is she's like this robotic doll and uh the movie basically goes through like there is a little girl that the team putting this toy together kind of tests this project on and it goes into some really interesting um hypotheticals when it comes to the ethics of artificial intelligence and should we be letting the internet and AI raise our children? And uh, it, it goes some really cool places. It raises some awesome questions. This movie is like a really good watch. I will say the first third ish of the movie is kind of slow moving, but once it, once the movie starts getting going, gets, once the movie starts getting going, I don't know if I phrased that right, but it gets really I, awesome. I so yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing I'll say, though, is like the way the movie plays out and uh, the way it ends. I don't know how to say it without spoiling it. I just it's a movie where if you think of how things would realistically play out, I don't think the humans could win. <laughs> and that's like a bigger discussion to have later drew maybe after you see like the that, movie but like that ai singularity type stuff yeah and it's a little bit of like the way they show the technology how the technology works i don't think that a human could maybe beat a like when it comes down to it like if you have a super smart ai robot i don't think a human could beat it in a fight if the robot's like doing millions of calculations per second based on your size and your weight and your, you know, all this stuff it's been observing for a long time. And I, I don't want to, I feel like I'm already saying too much, but if that makes sense, I just feel like the, I think that AI is a bigger threat than the movie ends up making it be. And I think this movie really made me think of AI in that way, if that makes sense. Uh, more so, <laughs> so than like more so than like Matrix or Terminator or like some of the other ones. I think well, I think with this one, it 
it's a threat that's a lot more it's a lot closer to us as far as the timeline goes like matrix and uh terminator 2 and stuff like i always saw those movies as like further off in the distance where like i feel like megan is something that could be happening right now so i think that's why there's like an urgency to this kind of story in that movie so um okay okay so (laughs) the movie that uh i'm trying to go through these quick i'm sorry i know i I have a lot the movie that we went to see on the trip is uh so it was a family vacation I took, and at one one night of the week, I went with uh, my brothers and uh, father-in-law to see uh, Rise of the Evil or Evil Dead Rises. I'm I'm so stupid. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get the title right. Hold before. on, you took your you took your kid to see Evil Dead Rises. No, no, my kid oh. wasn't on the trip. Yeah, no, I I just went with my father and brother-in-laws. <laughs> so oh, father-in-law okay. and brothers-in-law. Um, but yeah, we went to. Uh, Evil Dead Rises. Yeah, that's what it's called, right? So, yeah. I could I I wasn't sure if it was that or Rise of the Evil Dead, but uh this movie's great. If you like Evil Dead, you're going to love this movie. This movie's an Evil Dead movie through and through, and it's to the point where this movie takes place in the city, like it takes place inside an apartment complex, but it's one of those things where I feel like the events of the film you can stack up next to the events of the original Evil Dead film. And I feel like the film has almost the same structure. Like there's things like in the original Evil Dead, like uh, Ash and uh, his crew that are all camping at the cabin, they can't get back to uh, can't kind of can't get back to civilization because I remember there was like a bridge they couldn't get across because it was flooded. And there's like all these things And this movie plays out in a really similar way, but it's just a different setting. But I think there's a lot of really clever, kind of really subtle Easter eggs to the previous Evil Dead movies in that way. Um, But otherwise, this movie is just a blast. It'll make you squirm. It is just as gory as you'd expect, but almost and then some like there's extra gore <laughs> from what you were expecting so. i i kind of got that from the trailer and i kind of yeah. got that with uh the with the trailer specifically and then there was definitely some spots in the trailer that made me squirm and yeah, absolutely normally, normally i can handle stuff like that without any without question at all but i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> Right on. Well, that's that's great to hear. You're definitely going to squirm in this one. Um, my only my only disappointment with this, though, is uh, for anybody who saw the 2013 Evil Dead remake that came out, the way that that movie ended, it seemed it was like alluding that the next Evil Dead movie we were going to get is was going to be those characters in the Army of Darkness world. Like it alluded that like this is our evil dead film. We're going to take the surviving character or characters to army of darkness. We're going to go back in time and it's going to be an awesome, badass, like more serious take on that tale. And since this new movie, evil dead rises, like since it's more of a self-contained, just evil dead, like one shot story, my only complaint is it feels a little um it's a li- it's not as uh 
it's not as big of a story as I wanted. You know, I want like I'm craving that big epic army of darkness level story basically but uh otherwise like as a fan of the franchise like i can't complain at all this movie was this movie was awesome so um i don't know if you have any comments about that i have one more movie i wanted to mention and uh you've been you've been away man so uh the only other thing i got a chance to watch is uh last night my wife and I stayed up late and we watched uh, Scream 6 on uh, it's on Paramount oh, right now. And yeah, okay. uh, this was awesome. Drew, I know you're going to watch this one. I don't want to say much, um, but this one, this is another one similar to Evil Dead. Like this is a movie that all the other screen movies took place on the West Coast. And this movie takes place in New York City. Um, you have uh Jenny Ortega, and I don't know the older, the actress who plays her older sister, but basically Jenny Ortega's character is going to college in New York, and uh, her sister kind of came with her to kind of, kind of just watch out for her, you know, kind of be like that, uh, you know, you know, make sure that her sister's doing okay, especially with what they just dealt with, and uh, I think the movie does a lot of really clever scares when it comes to a horror movie taking place in the city as opposed to a horror, a horror movie taking place in like the Hills of California. Like they really, there's some really clever things they do when it comes to scenes on, uh, you know, like subway trains or convenience stores and like stuff like that. I think they do some really smart stuff. Um, And the best thing I can say is some of the scares and the suspenseful moments in this movie are some of the most suspenseful pieces uh, or just scenes within the Scream franchise as a whole. Like this movie has some really awesome scares. It kept me on the edge of my seat. It's not my favorite Scream movie, but it definitely delivers and it's definitely awesome. And uh, I could probably leave it at that unless you have some like any specific questions, Drew. But uh, it was pretty great. I don't. I'm just excited to see this. And I feel like Scream 6 and John Wick 4, it was like you blinked and they were in theaters. Yep. And but there was so much stuff coming out like right away at the beginning of the year that I was like, all right, I guess I'll wait for Blu-ray or streaming or something, you know. Um, right. So I look forward to watching Stream 6 um, heavily. You said it's not your favorite. Which one's your favorite? I don't know. Um, I feel like it might be a tie between the original and uh, number four for me. But I oh, think all right. they all I think they all have their strengths. I think for me, the first one and then number four are probably like overall the strongest in my mind. But uh, that last one, uh, Scream 5 or just Scream, that one was really great, too. Um, And I mean, like I said, I like them all. I just think I think number two and number three, I kind of find more faults in when I watch it. But they're still awesome as well. You know what I mean? (laughs) Two and three. I mean, each one is a product of its time, but it's also a product of the genre. It's also a product of the industry. Yeah. So because of what it is Um, for me, it's probably the first one and probably always will be the first one. But yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. All right. So things I watched um, Ted Lasso this week. I know you're not watching the show, but I really wish you had access (laughs) to Apple TV, man. Um. This might have been the funniest episode of Ted Lasso I have ever watched. I've, I don't know if I've laughed that out loud that hard at 
something like this in a long time. Um, it was there, there were just it was so funny and there were so many little there were some big moments that were like laugh out loud funny. And then there were some nuances like during the big moments, if you looked in the background, there was some stuff that you're just like, oh, man, they were so smart to do that. Like such a good episode. Um, nice. The show continues to be wonderful and charming and amazing. Um, and then I watched Ghosted, Chris Evans' new movie. Right. Uh, How was one, that? Uh, the one, the rom-com action adventure CIA craziness with Ana de Armas. Um, so if you don't know what this movie is, essentially, Chris Evans just got out of a, um, he's like kind of on the, I think I'm ready to date again after a bad relationship, right? After a bad, bad breakup. And he meets Ana de Armas, who's kind of, she's kind of down on her luck, I guess you could say. And he asks her if she wants to get some coffee. So they go get coffee. And then coffee turns to dinner and dinner turns to the whole night. And they end up like spending this like amazing 24 hours together. And it's amazing. And they're like, let's do it again. Let's go on a date again. And then she had mentioned that she travels for work. And he's texting and texting and texting and texting. And she's not responding. So he's like, she ghosted him. Um, so... It's mentioned, this is not really a spoiler. It really isn't, because you're just like, how does this play out? It, so much of this movie is kind of predictable. Um, he There's a scene at the beginning where he loses something, and because he's, like, really worried about losing things, he puts, like, Apple AirTags on shit. <laughs> nice. Um, so there's a scene where he put, he, she had to, like, here, put your stuff in my purse. Well, that way you don't drop it during the date, right? And one of the things was his, his inhaler, because he's got asthma. So Chris Evans with asthma, right? That's probably the most unrealistic part of the movie. Um, <laughs> he, because of that, she ended up hanging on to the uh, inhaler by mistake. And when he needed it, he's like, where is it? And then you remember that it's in her purse and he tracks her using the Apple AirTag. So he's like thinking he's going to do this big romantic gesture and go find her. Well, if you watch the trailer, you know she's in the CIA and he stumbles onto a mission that she's a part of. And then he gets wrapped into it because <laughs> I mistaken, hate it when that <laughs> mistaken identity. And she's like, you're ruining this whole thing. I never should have gone out with you and all that. Stuff. <laughs> nice. You know, I mean, obviously, it's a rom-com. So in the midst of it, they fall in love. But here's what I got to say. The movie is really fun from beginning to end. It's charming. It's funny. It's got some really cool action sequences. Um, some of the fight scenes are really well choreographed and really fun to watch. The end battle, um, because of the set piece that the battle is, takes place around, makes it really kind of exciting. Um, and then there are some very surprising cameos that, to be honest, aren't really surprising because... Chris Evans basically called up some friends and said, hey, you want to do this? <laughs> nice. you know? So you're going to go, oh, my God, it's that guy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, like there's some like fun little cameos <laughs> that are just in there for quick little hits, you know. Um, cool. Again, the movie's very predictable, um, but it's a lot of fun. So it is definitely worth the watch. So if you and, and unfortunately, if you have Apple TV, enjoy. <laughs> so because it's a straight to Apple streaming thing. So. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is about it for my watching because I had a I had a long week and uh, yeah. So 
There it is. Sweet. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's talk about tonight's news then. Oh, I watched one more thing, which segues into news, and I feel bad because I probably should have given you the heads up beforehand. But the Hunger Games prequel got its first trailer, and it dropped like ten minutes before oh. we started recording. I feel like I saw people mentioning this online. I just didn't. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Hunger Games just doesn't get me to hit the play button, maybe, or something. But how was it? Like, It looks cool, man. It yeah. really does. And I really didn't know how I was going to feel about a Hunger Games prequel because it's going to be about President Snow as um, back in the day. And I thought President Snow back in the day was going to be a contender in the Hunger Games. He would have been one of the tributes, right? So when you watch the trailer, this girl gets picked as tribute, but the game maker initiates a new rule. The game maker, by the way, played by Peter Dinklage. Awesome. Nice. Um, and uh, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the character's name. Not Fennec. Um, it's the one that um, uh, Stanley Tucci played, the announcer guy. The right. Guy. I'm just drawing a blank on his name. Mm -hmm. He, um, that character, because it's a, it's the, it's like the first televised version of the Hunger Games. So like all the TVs are archaic and like all that stuff. Cause when you, we watch the Jennifer Lawrence ones, we're talking like, it's like almost like streaming level HD quality, like super tech cameras and drones and shit flying around in this one. It's clearly like the beginning of let's televise it. So it's like old school TVs and monitors and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and the announcer is played by Jason Schwartzman, which, oh man, <laughs> that's fantastic. Like you couldn't nice. like talk about cool casting. Jason Schwartzman's awesome, man. He's probably one of my favorite, like, um, I don't want to say indie actors, but he's like one of those guys that like when he lands, you're just like, yes, you got, yes, this is all, awesome. this is going to be great. Um, yeah. it's probably good. Did you ever see Rushmore? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's because of that movie that I like Jason Schwartzman. And anytime he appears, I'm like, Yes. More of this guy. Anyway, um, so the girl, the girl from District 12 gets picked to be she's the tribute. Right. And she goes into the Hunger Games. Um, President Snow plays the mentor role, the guy who won the Hunger Games. And he's being a mentor to her because he survived a previous round. Um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting. So it's not like the first, but it goes back a ways and you get to see. Right. Um, it's the first televised one, uh, but it looks like a lot of fun. It really does. Um, so I'm probably going to watch it and enjoy the hell out of it. So nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's something else I watched. But that brings us back into news. Some of these are some quick hit stuff. Um, so let's see here. Uh, we talked about last week while you were not here. Um, they announced the um, a prequel for Game of Thrones that's being in development right now. Yes, we yeah. got House of the Dragon, but there's another one of the books is called A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Um, when Erica and Audrey were on last week, um, I talked about it because they are... The Knight of the Seven Kingdoms is about Sir Duncan the Tall and his adventures with Aegon Targaryen or who was known as Egg because he had a bald head at the time and they said he looked like mm -hmm. a little egg. Uh, so it was the, it's basically the tales of Duncan Egg is how it's being, how it's referred to. Um, and it's basically Sir Duncan wandering Westeros and helping out people and kingdoms and factions and all that stuff because he has no allegiance to anybody. So Aegon kind of tags along to learn 
the world that he is going to rule, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically the concept. So when I heard they were doing prequels, I'm like, why don't they do Night of the Seven Kingdoms? And I thought that a long time ago, and here we are. Uh, so instead of that recap, if you didn't listen last week, Night of the Seven Kingdoms, The Hedge Knight, will most likely consist of six episodes. Um, season one will be adaptation of the novel. Um or the novella, The Hedge Knight. Uh, six episodes, like a mini season, that's kind of cool. Um, what makes me wonder is if it's supposed to be a limited series because it's the shortest of the books, and they're probably just looking for Game of Thrones contents. Like, let's do this yeah. quick little, like, mini thing, which is kind of cool. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but like, no, I, said, I, like I always say, this is a world I want more from, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's exactly it. It's awesome. Like who doesn't want more game of Thrones and uh, no, I hope they just keep coming out with more game of Thrones content. And I think this is just going to be a series that as time goes on, you're going to have that question. What order am I supposed to watch stuff in? You know, or is, is this going to be a series that like in the game of Thrones television universe, are you going to be watching it chronologically? Or are you going to start with the original series? Like that's going to be really cool to see how that question plays out in the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think if I have this right in my mind, it goes, uh, house of house of the dragon first, then night of the seven kingdoms, then regular show. If I'm right. wrong, it's night of the seven kingdoms. first. <laughs> And I only said nice. because we all know where the regular show sits, but it was probably episode three of the original series. The very first, like we're talking season one, episode three, when Bran's still in bed, he's awake now, but he's in bed. And one of the like the nursemaid, the old yeah. nursemaid that hangs out with him, she asks him if she wants if he wants if he wants to hear a story and he's like, I like the scary ones. And she's like, no, you don't. You want to hear stories about Duncan, the tall and all that stuff. That's who she was talking about. Um, yeah. So yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I absolutely remember that, that moment. So yeah, cool. Just, it just seems logical. Um, okay. Avatar, the last airbender movie will release on October 10th, 2025. Uh, so this is a animated movie to the series Avatar, the last airbender. Um, yeah, and this is done by Netflix, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Which I have semi high hopes for. Like, I'm cautiously optimistic because Netflix has done so well with uh, some of their other animated projects, you know, when it comes to like the animated Witcher movie they did and Castlevania, of course, and Masters of the Universe. So hopefully this is awesome. But uh, was there more to the story? I didn't know. It got a a release date. And it's one of those things where um, sometimes we talk about like sometimes it's so funny when we started this podcast. I would before we started hitting the record button. These are the conversations that I had with my friends and my family and all that stuff on a regular basis. So when we started the show, I'm like, I have these conversations constantly. Why am I not hitting the record button? Right. So people would I would talk to people like, dude, did you hear they're making this movie? And that would be the end of the conversation because it's a quick hit. It's literally like, hey, they announced they're doing this. And then the trailer would release almost the trailer would release months, like a year or two later. And people like, hey, Drew, did you hear they're making this movie? I'm like, yeah, we talked about this like two years ago. (laughs) 
<laughs> so this is this is one of those things where we we mentioned that an Avatar: The Last Airbender movie was coming. We finally got a release date. This is more of like one of those follow-up news stories, if you will. So, right on. Yeah. Um, the uh, let's shift here. Beetlejuice Two is officially in development. It's no longer a rumor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw this. <laughs> so. Here's the thing. I'm going to read this real quick. During CinemaCon, which is going on right now, the long-awaited sequel to Beetlejuice is, uh, was confirmed to be officially in development. Michael Keaton is returning as Beetlejuice. Um, yeah. So there's two parts to the story. One, it's confirmed Beetlejuice is officially a go. The second part of the story is CinemaCon is going on right now which CinemaCon is not like a standard Comic-Con thing where it's like a weekend. This is like a week kind of event. So next week, we're probably going to have more CinemaCon news to discuss because things are going to trickle out. I have a feeling that the Hunger Games trailer dropped because of CinemaCon. Um, There's a Dune trailer that dropped uh, for Dune 2, which I didn't get a chance to watch before we started recording, but it probably released because of CinemaCon. Right. Um, so there's going to be little things that are going to be dropping within this week, and it's going to be heavy kind of news. Um, James Gunn has revealed some stuff, um, has been, like, dropping little nuggets about stuff. Like, they screened uh, The Flash at CinemaCon, or they screened mm-hmm. some footage. Sorry. They screened some footage, and the news for Flash is it's the one of the best superhero movies ever. And... My concern is that I feel like with test audiences, we always get that with DC movies and then the Internet gets to see it and then the Internet craps all over it. (laughs) Yeah, I as much as I have high hopes for Flash, I hope that this is one where it rings true and people go, oh, yeah, it is one of the best superhero movies, you know? (laughs) Yeah, DC is in such a weird place, but uh, I don't know. I think the Flash just looks awesome and. uh, yeah, I'm excited for it, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things you just got to watch the movie and not let the uh, internet haters get to you, because I do feel like it is going to be really good, so I don't know. <laughs> That's my thoughts right now. Did you watch the new trailer for The Flash? I've seen clips from it. I don't, I don't know if I've watched the new one on its own, but again, this is like one of those things where I'm already going to see the movie. I'm already excited. I don't need a trailer to sell me on it, you know, but uh, was there any like highlights you wanted to mention well, or like I'm I'm with you on the I don't need them to sell me on the movie anymore. And yeah. a lot of and lately with trailers, I've been like you watch the teaser, that 30 second to a minute teaser is to get you excited. And then they drop the regular trailer and you go sweet. And then that's kind of all I need. Right. Well, the Flash trailer dropped and they made a big deal about it releasing. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll watch the Flash. I'll watch the new trailer and see. There is a lot more Batman, Michael Keaton stuff in that trailer that made me go, oh, this he's in the movie a lot more than we thought. (laughs) Like, this is a bigger thing. And then you see the Ben Affleck stuff a little bit more. And it's it's I think the trailer is worth watching or. Just be excited and um, go in blind and enjoy. But I thought the trailer was good. So nice. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Moon Knight. Kevin Feige confirms plans to bring Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight back to the MCU. 
Um, Oscar Isaac originally said that Moon Knight was a one-season show and he's done. Then we started hearing rumors about Oscar Isaac wanting to do a season two or Marvel wanted him to do a season two. Either way, it sounds like we're getting it because um, we're either going to get that or they're going to bring him into movie format. Um, and that's kind of how I'm looking at it. It's like it's, you know, we're you're getting more Moon Knight, which is great. Yeah, let's bring it in. I hope they do the go the movie route with it, because as much as I liked the MCU TV show for it, I think uh, they obviously I feel like there was obvious budget constraints. Like everybody talked so much about how, like, he's not even in the Moon Knight suit for that long throughout the whole series. But I feel like if we had like the big like a big movie budget behind it, we would get so much cool Moon Knight action and stuff like that. But either way, definitely awesome that he's coming back, you know? Yeah. Um, and other Marvel news, Craven the Hunter. Now, <laughs> I have said that I'm not a big fan of Craven the Hunter. He's probably one of my least favorite Spider-Man villains. Um, I, but I know there's a huge Craven the Hunter fan base and people are really excited about this. And regardless, I'm going to go to the theater and see the movie. Right. But, mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, starring, um, during CinemaCon, like I said, see CinemaCon news, Sony picture revealed <laughs> the Craven the Hunter starring Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, so I think they picked a great actor for it. Um, will be the first Sony's first R rated Marvel film. Um, so right, then. in the realm of the Spider-Verse stuff, this will be an R-rated movie, and uh, that's cool, probably for violence and language. So um, those are my two guesses because of the, the subject matter of who Craven is and stuff. It just makes sense. Now, this is Aaron Taylor Johnson who played Quicksilver. Is yes. that correct? Yes. And he's going to play another MCU character in Craven. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm also kind of laughing to myself because so he played Kickass and then he played Quicksilver and uh, me and my friends used to call him Quickass back in the day. <laughs> so now he's like Quickass the Hunter or something like that. So Quickass uh, the Hunter. All yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right on. That. I mean, yeah, yeah. Quickass Hunter. <laughs> um, New gamer tag. Yep. And other. Uh, yeah. Uh, or a band name, Quick Ass the Hunter. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, James Gunn revealed at CinemaCon that he has plans to introduce Static into his DCU at some point. Um, that's cool. And that's really all I got on that one. Um, because, like I said, this is CinemaCon and they're going to be vague about stuff and they're going to release big news. And this was more like, hey, I want to bring Static in. All right, I'm down. So, yeah, for sure. We all we all want to see a live action static shock. So that would be awesome. Um, and I feel like this is kind of confirming that, like, James Gunn has his outline of what he wants to do with this universe. But we already heard that they were developing a static shock movie. And I feel like this is James Gunn going like, oh, yeah, I like that. I can bring this into my universe somehow. You know, he's just kind of like picking up the pieces he wants to play with. So uh, just kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, Chris Helmsworth um, will um, be voicing Optimus Prime in a Transformers prequel that's coming. Um, I don't know how you feel about this. I don't know. I mean, the, the original voice actor for Optimus Prime, I believe, is still alive. 
Um, he might be getting too old to do it. Um, but Chris Helmsworth is playing him in a prequel, which means this could be a younger version of Optimus Prime. But it also makes me wonder if it could be a prequel that would let us see the War of Cybertron, which would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that would be fantastic. You wouldn't have any Earth stuff. You wouldn't have to worry about any humans. It would be the War of Cybertron. Here we go. It could, that could be really cool. Um, uh, the movie will also include Scarlett Johansson and Brian T. Henry, Brian Tyree Henry. Um, and it's apparently a story, uh, origin story of how Optimus Prime and Megatron became enemies. Um, so in my head, that's the War of Cybertron. So. Nice. Yeah, that's that sounds awesome. And I feel like we've said it before on the podcast, but sometimes you just got to trust the casting director. You know, like, I mean, the age old story is like Heath Ledger as the Joker and how nobody was on board with that casting until they saw The Dark Knight. But also, like more recently, think of Chris Pratt and Mario like he blew us all away with his Mario voice. And there was so many people hating on it before that movie was released. So. Yeah, just something to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, dodgeball sequel in early development. Nice. Did we talk about this before? We talked about how <laughs> Vince Vaughn has been wanting to do one for a while, and then okay. Philip was the holdout. Okay. And now it's officially in early development, and I'm like, this is fantastic. <laughs> right so um, we all want more dodgeball. This is going to be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got on that one. It's just dodgeball. Great. Let's do it. Um, let's talk some Star Wars news real quick. Um, Dave Filoni, who is directing the uh, Ahsoka show, Ahsoka's his baby. Like he studied at the feet of George Lucas. George Lucas told him about Ahsoka. Dave ran with it. Ahsoka is his fictional child, if you will. And he's going to nurture it all the way to the end. Um, Dave revealed that the length of all the Ahsoka episodes are uh, comparable to The Mandalorian, which is awesome, okay? It's kind of mm -hmm. like what I was expecting. And Filoni wrote the entire series for Ahsoka. Nice. Uh, so he didn't have any help with it. It's going to all be written by Dave Filoni, which is great. Um, I can't wait for it. It's just It just made me really happy to hear that because, you know, writer, director, showrunner, all that stuff, like, it's like, thank God Dave's in the chair he's in, and I can't wait to see his movie when we finally get to see that. Um, and other Star Wars news, we are real close to May the 4th, which is Star Wars Day, um, which will have the release of Star Wars, uh, the Young Jedi uh, cartoon. Um, if you have preschoolers out there and you're looking for uh, content for them to watch, um, there's a trailer online which I watched the trailer. It is very clear it's designed for a preschool audience, but it's really cool looking. Like, as right. an adult, as an adult Star Wars fan, I was like, they better not make this canon because, <laughs> I mean, it's Disney Junior level, but I was like, this looks cool, man. Like, so um, quality voice actors, quality uh, animation. It looks kind of like, uh, I would say... It's a it's a it's definitely like a Clone Wars style animation, but crossed with a little bit of a Pixar look to it. If OK, you, if you will, like in terms of the character design and stuff, I'm like, you can totally see these are like Pixar kids crossed with that Clone Wars animation. It just looks really awesome. Um, nice. And then Star Wars Visions 2 season two also drops on May 4th. Um, 
I have a feeling there could be some other stuff that we're not aware of because sometimes they could give us some surprises like the Boba Fett documentary released last year, which was really mm -hmm. great. Um, so I, I look forward to see what drops on May the 4th, but that's forthcoming. Nice. <laughs> um, and that is the end of the news. So Okay, then. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so that brings us to the end of the news. So, um, Peter, you want to talk about tonight's list? Yeah, let's do cool. it. <laughs> it is list time, so let's roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, Peter, this was my list. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I found out that this is a difficult list to do. Um, <laughs> you, you thought so? I, yeah, right. Um, I don't know if you did or not. I This was a funny list for me to put together. I have this thing where I really, really enjoy watching movies that take place on the ocean or under the ocean or like ocean stuff just kind of fascinates me. I really like sharks. Um, you know, we did a shark attack thing, but I was like, let's let's focus not necessarily on the sharks, but like on the adventure of it, you know? Um, yeah. And like, let's go on an adventure. So let's talk about movies that take place on the water or on boats or it's it's a weird way of like, let's talk about this list. But hey, you know, <laughs> no, um, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. So I just sometimes you got to do a weird list. So, yeah, um, boat movies, I guess, is the best way of wording it. <laughs> I found this list only difficult because I was like. It was the Googling part that made it difficult for me, and I was like. OK, <laughs> you know, um, how do I Google this? Like, because you're like boats on water and then you get I'm sorry, movies on water, which Google wanted to translate to include documentaries about water. And I was like, <laughs> not ocean, but like water, like, OK, that's not right. So I was like movies set on the ocean. And then I got a good list and I was like movies set on uh, water and then I got a different list with some crossover you know so it was really interesting like trying to dig through um this stuff um did you have a hard time doing this list or <laughs> well I was gonna say it sounds like you did a lot more research into this than I did because I thought this was a super easy list to put together like I <laughs> wrote a quick short list and then I kind of googled like boat movies and a couple similar searches just to see if <laughs> I forgot movies. anything and then yeah kind of just put my list together so there's probably some gems that I'm really forgetting but no I didn't think this one was too hard my biggest thing was I was really trying to think of movies that at least like more than half of the film takes place on the water and I think that was the challenge of it like there's a lot of movies involving boats and stuff but when you think about it like most of it really takes place on land and I have uh, I have one pick that's kind of a cheat in that way but that was kind of the uh kind of the restrictions that I was giving myself for this one well in terms of a cheat I thought it was interesting that when you google movies that take place on the wall on the ocean uh forgetting Sarah Marshall comes up and right. It, I'm like, well, that takes place in Hawaii, not on the ocean. But I mean, I guess I can see how you argue that one. But I that does not count in my head when I was picking this when I decided to do this list. So, yeah. Um, well, I have two honorable mentions. So if you want to jump right in. Um, yeah, I do as well. So, um, yeah, I can go first. Sure. Um, 
my first one I can keep super short, but uh, I went with Disney's Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Um, I just think this is a really good animated film. It's a really good, like, action-adventure sort of film. And uh, I think it's like, you know, Disney, um, at least when I was growing up, was so known as, like, a princess-centric company and i feel like atlantis was one of their movies that could really appeal to uh boys and girls alike like really well but uh no i just, I just love this movie i think it's great animation really cool character design and stuff like that and just a really fun adventure and uh, i guess another thing my the last thing i'll say is like if you watch the movie it's like super fast paced like a lot of stuff happens in this film and it doesn't waste time with what it gives you so that's another aspect that i really love about this one so oh right on okay um yeah cool all right um my first honorable mention is didn't they hold on didn't they do a sequel to atlantis as well are there two of them i i don't know i mean i wouldn't be surprised but i don't i didn't know if there was a sequel to this one well, I guess we'll have to fire up Disney Plus afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So my first honorable mention is a movie called Into the Blue. Um, have you ever seen this? No. Um, I all know right. you've mentioned it on the podcast. I know about the movie a little bit, but I've never watched it myself. This so. movie is a guilty pleasure uh, from beginning to end, in my opinion. Um, this movie is clearly the reason you watch it is because Jessica Alba's in a bikini and Paul Walker's in a bathing suit, like through the whole movie. So it's got something for everybody, you know. Um, but like Ashley Scott's in it and Ch- uh, Scott Conn's in it, and there's a few other actors, and you're just and James Brolin's the villain in this movie. Um, but it's really like it's about ocean treasure hunting, and you know, Paul Walker is a. Uh, He's just a guy, he's he's a diver, and he finds a wreck with his friends, and they I, they freak out because he thinks he knows what wreck it is. They identify it, and then they're trying to, like, make the claim, because if they do, they're going to be rich, because they're going to be able to turn in the treasure and all that stuff. And there's a whole big thing about it, but ultimately, it's cruising around on the ocean, diving for buried treasure, and all the ocean stuff, in my opinion, is really cool. There's some cool shark sequences, but some of the diving stuff, like, they get into is... It's just really kind of, in my opinion, it's cool. I watch it. It's one of those movies that I will watch multiple times. and I've seen it several times. It's become a guilty pleasure for me. But ultimately, it is not that great of a movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not like they made a bad movie. It's just you watch it and you're just like, clearly this is a movie for eye candy. And then they're going to tell this cool treasure hunting story. Um but it's I just think it's a fun movie and it's become a guilty pleasure over time. So um, nice. Have you, have you seen this? Sorry, didn't I? I, I know that is the beginning, but no, you haven't. Yeah, no, no, I haven't seen it. It kind of sounds to me like it's one of those things where like you tell your friend about it and they're like, wait, isn't that that like corny Jessica Alba movie? But then it's like one of those things where if you actually watch it, it's probably actually pretty cool, but uh, um, I haven't I haven't seen this one myself. Yes, so. that is exactly the case. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, what's your next honorable mention? Yeah, the next one I went with is a movie we've talked about a couple times on the show, but uh, I went with Cutthroat Island. Uh, this one is just like it just harkens back to my childhood. Like I loved this movie. This was one of the few movies that I owned on VHS back in the day. And it's just like a really, it's just a fun 
pirate movie. I know the movie didn't do super well when it came out, but it and it was for... made by the guys who made Die Hard. And that's really? and yeah, and that's how they sold it. <laughs> like from the <laughs> from the creators of Die Hard, you know. And, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just such a fun like what the age I was when I saw it, it was just such a fun swashbuckling tale and like there's so many, so much good action. And I think there are some really good character moments and stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those, like, maybe if you take this movie super seriously, you're not going to like it. But if you're just kind of like, I just want to watch a crazy adventure film with some cool fights and explosions and stuff, you're probably going to really like this one. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The quick pause on that, but my bad cutthroat Island. It's, yeah, again, it's a good, it's a fun pirate movie, and um, it I feel like it's over the top and realistic, unrealistic just enough uh, to be believable. <laughs> but right, there's, right. There's a, there's a really cool chase scene in the um, pirate city at like the beginning of the movie. Yeah, is that like I don't know, I don't know if it's a pirate city or if it's like a you know royal city or whatever, whatever the port is. It's a really there's a really cool chase scene. And then there's a really cool ship battle at the end and some cool stuff on the island when they're like dangling, when they're doing the rock climbing sequence and stuff. This, yeah, there's some cool moments in the movie for sure. Um, yeah. I don't know if Gina Davis is uh, the most believable pirate, but I buy Matthew Modine's character the straight through the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so my next one is Waterworld. Um, this movie does not hold up in any way whatsoever. Um but I remember being <laughs> I remember this movie being a bit of a guilty pleasure because I just enjoyed the ocean stuff. And I thought the boat was really kind of badass. Um, and I feel like Waterworld, I really do feel like this movie is unfairly hated. Um, yes. Like, I really do. I think people like unfairly don't like this movie. And it kind of bothers me that they unfairly don't like this movie. But. I mean, it's definitely not the best movie out there, um, but I think there's some really cool sequences. I think they were trying to do something kind of interesting and different, and uh, I really liked the the battle sequence at the on the floating city at the beginning of the movie is fantastic. Um, and then some of the other water stuff is really cool. I like the underwater sequence where he shows her how like the world like got swallowed up by the glaciers and stuff, so you get to see the old like you get to see the cities down below and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think I just think the movie is just a little too far fetched for the audience that I think they were trying to go for, in my personal opinion. Um, but then they yeah, went over the that. top by casting Dennis Hopper as the villain. And, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's one of those movies that I feel like the average person would watch and be like, OK, yeah, that was kind of cool. But I feel like at a certain point, somebody said that the movie sucked. Like it was probably a couple of movie critics who were like, this movie's really bad. And that's just kind of like cemented in everybody's mind where everybody says like Waterworld is the worst movie ever. But no, I, I love Waterworld. I think it's like a lot of fun. I think um, it's just one of those, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to put to words, but I feel like Waterworld to me is almost like the Nickelback of movies where it's like 
everybody says it sucks, but at the same time, we're, you know, it's 2023 and people are still talking about Waterworld. Like it must have some sort of merit to it, you know? And there's so many moments in the movie and there's so many, like, I feel like it was recently, I was listening to a random podcast and somebody referenced uh, the fact that Kevin Costner was a mutant in Waterworld and like he had gills and stuff. And it's just like, people are still referencing this movie, even though everybody says it sucks. I think it has more merits than uh, people give it credit for. So I love Waterworld. I've told the story on the podcast before, but uh, when I was a kid, there was one weekend where uh, we rented Waterworld and Cutthroat Island in the same weekend. And that was the greatest weekend ever. (laughs) But uh, with all this being said, Waterworld's actually the first pick I went with on my list. And I feel like that's my big... That's my big groaner, but uh, yeah, I, I went with Waterworld. So. Oh, Waterworld! <laughs> <laughs> right, um, right on. So I guess that throws it back to me, since that's your first actual pick. Um, unless you had something to add on Waterworld. That that was about it. I just think yeah. it's uh, yeah. I kind of agree, agree Waterworld, with your consensus on it. So yeah, I do wish in Waterworld we could have gotten to see. Um, so he goes to hunt that shark or whatever that sea creature beast thing is. Yeah. Um, I really wish we could have gotten to see um, a little bit more of that creature. Because you see, like, the fin in the water, and that's, like, about it. I would have loved to see, like, <laughs> an up-close shot or, like, when he's under the water coming at him or something more. Yeah. But Well, uh, see, that that's the genius of Waterworld because uh... – you always have to leave them wanting more. And I think uh, that's just a work of genius right there. You know, you're still thinking about that mutant shark that eats him or whatever. <laughs> you still have that, that, uh, that part in the, of the movie playing through your head and you're just, uh, it probably keeps you up at night, Drew. Like you're just, you just can't, you're just tossing and turning, thinking about that mutant shark creature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of mutant shark creatures and weird stuff, um, my next pick is Avatar Way of Water. Um, oh, good call. I didn't even think of this one, but great call. It's incredibly new, so I was kind of surprised that I put it on my list. But it's an incredibly good movie. <laughs> and the water stuff is fantastic, yeah. man. It really is. Um, and I was like, it, it made my short list, and I'm like, no, it's it's such a good movie. It, the ocean stuff's cool. The action sequences are cool. The big fight at the end. Um, one of the things I like a lot about the water, especially in movies. Now, I'm I'm a swimmer. Um, I mean, I know you're a swimmer, too. But, like, I did swim team and stuff back in the day. So, like, for me, like, I just, I'm always like, let's get in the water and let's let's go in the pool and swim and do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always down for that. Yeah. So, I've always liked water. I respected it. I've always respected it. I know I'm a strong swimmer and all this stuff. But... I'm also like when I watch, so I watch these movies and I'm like, there's just these cool, there's a, there's a danger to the water, if you will. And not just because there's sharks and creatures down there, there's a danger to it. So like when they're in the ship at the, they're in that like cool water skiff floating fortress thing or whatever that thing is. And it's like sinking and they're trying to escape it. There's some real tension there. There's some real Mm -hmm. serious like concern um, and they did such a beautiful job putting that movie together. And, um, I honestly look forward to being able to watch it at home. I really do. I want to see the movie again. Um, so. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I think, um, 
yeah, I think this movie had a had a really good story to tell. I think it had a more of a unique story to tell than the first movie. And I feel like everything about the water stuff, when whether it came to the swimming or the, you know, the diving, the different creatures, um, just the way it was filmed, everything was so visceral like you really felt like you were there and you really felt like you wanted to be there i think i got that a lot more out of this new avatar movie as opposed to the original where i was just like no i do want to be one of these water navi and i really want to be doing what they're doing in the movie like it looked so cool so uh yeah this was a really good call to put this on your list i totally forgot about this one yeah well that sucks (laughs) (laughs) um all right man what is your next pick yeah i can move on to my next one which is a completely different movie um i actually went with uh the life aquatic um with steve Ah. zizu um the wes anderson film starring uh let's see you have bill murray you have uh jeff goldblum you have willem dafoe you have a really star-studded cast and it's the story of uh steve zizu played by Uh, Bill Murray and uh, his ship's crew and their kind of uh, quest to find the, I think it's the Jaguar shark that they're looking for. Yep, the Jaguar shark, the uh, uh, bane of his existence. (laughs) This is a Wes Anderson movie through and through. It has that sort of signature art house Wes Anderson feel. It has some extremely dry humor, um, but... I like this movie a lot. Like this might be my favorite Wes Anderson film. And a big part of it is it does have that, even though it has all the dry artsy Wes Anderson stuff underneath it all, there is like this slight adventure movie going on the whole time because they're searching for this shark. And uh, along the way they encounter other sort of oceanic creatures and uh, all the, all the creatures in the movie are, uh, they're shot with like really cool looking stop motion a- animation. Like there's different um, like crabs and like, I, I can't even remember like different fish and stuff that they encounter on, on the way. And they have really cool stop motion stuff. And when they finally find the Jaguar shark, that's like a really cool bit of animation as well, um, which is kind of cool because it's Wes Anderson and he would go on to do like fantastic Mr. Fox, for example. And it, it's just kind of cool to see the timeline play out of uh, that director's career. But uh, no, the life aquatic, it's great. Um, I, there's some moments that crack me up to this day. If I think of it, Uh, one of my favorite moments in the movie is uh, there's, (laughs) there's this part where, so you have uh, Bill Murray, who's kind of like the captain of this crew, and he's in an argument with uh, Willem Dafoe's character, who's he, Willem Dafoe's on his crew. And uh, Willem Dafoe gets really pissed, runs out of the room and slams the door behind him. But the door has like this small circular window in it. And as soon as like he slams the door, then you see Willem Dafoe's face peeking in the window. And it's one of those things, I think it's you have to watch it, but it's the timing of it and everything. It is just so it's such a funny visual. Cause like, I don't care about you. I'm pissed off slam door. And then immediately peeks through. Cause he actually does care about what's going on. So that's amazing. But uh, I could not say enough good things about this movie. So I don't want to 
going to drone on and on. The last thing I will say is uh, this movie has an has an awesome soundtrack because you have, uh, you know, you have the likes of uh, like Iggy and the Stooges, for example. You have a lot of David Bowie tracks on there, but you also have uh, uh, Mark Mothersbaugh, who did uh, most of the uh, score for the movie. And the score has a really unique sort of, uh, I don't know, like craft worky, like kind of cool instrumentation to it it's hard to describe but when you watch the movie pay attention to the music because the music in this movie is great as well so uh drew i don't know if you have any comments on this one but uh yeah life aquatic no you i don't know what else to say about it that's <laughs> fair enough but, you know just we, we we've learned that over the years is that sometimes one of us goes on and on about a movie right right like, well, i don't know what to add you've covered the whole thing um no this is a it's with all Wes Anderson films, they're all fun for their own reason, and uh, this one is no exception. So, right on. <laughs> um, all right, my next one. I'm going to go a little bit on the serious side. I'm going to go with uh, Master and Commander, uh, the other side of the world. Um, this is a movie based on a novel written by Patrick O'Brien. Uh, it stars Russell Crowe and uh, Charles Dance and uh, Billy Boyd and um, Jude Law. I want to say. I might be wrong on that. Um, anyway, ultimately, it's a movie that takes place during the Napoleonic Wars, and it's about a British captain who is on a serious hunt for another ship. And it is an intense captain-to-captain battle. Um, and it's hunting down the ship on the open water, and then the battle that ensues. So it's like... Did you ever see Hunt for Red October? No. Okay. So Hunt for Red October is... <laughs> I haven't seen Master and Commander either. Military movies is like a huge blind spot for me. So okay. keep going. <laughs> well, Hunt for Red October, it's the submarine versus submarine, but they're trying to find each other. So it's like dodging the radars. And okay, stuff like cool. That. Like it's a hunt through the water and it's a, it's dark and you can't see anything. And they're just, and it's that, it's that super tense kind of like battle between the two. Um, and it becomes like a little chess match. This movie is very similar in the sense that like, the ship moves into the fog and you can't see it and they're trying to chase chase the ship down and it's it's a war movie but it's like the it's really cool ocean stuff and things they got to deal with in terms of like the crew and things but when you get to like the battle sequences in this movie wow is it incredible and i think it's a movie that gets i don't think it gets enough praise in my opinion into what they were what they were doing in that movie um, in terms of nice. like stunt work and practical effects and um, ship to ship battles. And it's it's incredible. Um, so if you get a chance to watch it, it's really sweet. So awesome. and if you haven't watched it, I'm not going to go on anymore. But I do recommend it for anyone looking for a movie of this caliber. So right on. Um, what do you got, man? Yeah, so I can kind of probably go in the complete opposite direction again, but uh, I went, this is like a big gimme one for me, but I went with Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, I love this movie. We've talked about it on the podcast before. Um, I think for what this movie was trying to do, I don't know if I want to say it's, it was a perfect film, but it really does execute super well what the movie was trying to do. And I think this is a movie that, for the most part, I think does hold up really well. Like I think you watch this movie and it's still structured really well. It's still like so much fun. My only real complaint with the movie is that I've 
seen it enough times that I kind of got bored with it after a while, but <laughs> I still love this film. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is just like a classic, just really good adventure movie. I mean, everybody knows Pirates of the Caribbean, so I don't want to go on too much. But uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, Drew. Well, we mashed on this one. So, oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And we've talked about it several times in the past. But, yeah, we mashed on this. Um, this is a you know, what's funny is that when I watched this movie, I remember going to the theater going, oh, I guess I better see what all the hype's about. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> I do remember that going, wow, that was a really good movie. I had a lot of fun. Um, the, I find it interesting that I feel like the world very quickly jumped on Johnny Depp being the main character where I really think he was the supporting character in that movie. I really right. don't think Jack Sparrow was meant to be the main character in the Pirates movies. I think they made the movie. He was the supporting role. His character is what sold the movie. And then they f built the entire franchise around him. Um, that is speculation on my part. But I do believe that that's what happened. <laughs> um, and there's an argument that maybe his character is better as a side character, even though we all know he's the coolest character. He's the character everybody loves. Everybody wants to be. But it seems like this first movie holds up so well and he is more of the side character. And so I think there's an interesting discussion to be had there. Um, and I don't want to deal derail you because it sounded, sounded like you had more to say, but I no, just no, thought no, no, no. I just put my I, comment I, in there. You know? great. I love all the ocean stuff to it and seeing the undead pirates and going underwater and watching them walk under the boat. And like, it's just, there's so much cool stuff they did. So yeah, I'm, absolutely. Look, pirate movies are cool stuff with swords. Like that's the thing. Like for me, it always comes down to like, give me some more swords. Give me like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, uh, we've, absolutely. Talked about, we've talked about pirates before <laughs> and we'll probably talk about it again. So, um, moving on, what's your next pick of the night? Yeah. My next pick, um, I actually went with jaws, uh, big surprise, <laughs> but, uh, this is the one where I feel like a lot of the movie takes place on land, but at the same time, I feel like it's pretty close to, I don't know if it's half and half quite, but it definitely does have a lot of time just on the open water, especially like I want to say almost the whole third act is like almost entirely on the boat trying to uh, take down yeah. the shark and stuff like that. So <laughs> I guess talking about it now, I'm realizing this one does fit the bill even more than I was thinking originally. But uh, no, Jaws is a classic film. We've talked about this movie so much, Drew, about like within film history, this movie holds like a great piece of uh, importance. Uh, this movie, the soundtrack was groundbreaking. The special effects were groundbreaking, but in an interesting way where Steven Spielberg had to like hold back on using the shark as much as he wanted to because of how the, uh, you know, the shark, the robot shark basically wasn't working up to snuff to pull off a lot of shots and it actually made the scenes of the movie more suspenseful. And, uh, no, I, th I think this is a great film. It's a classic. Uh, I don't, I feel like we've talked it to death, so I don't even know what to say. <laughs> well, <laughs> more, I, I mean, what are your thoughts? I, I agree with everything you're saying. We've talked about it before. I, this made my short list and then I scratched it off because in my mind I was like, yeah, it takes place in the water. Yeah, it's about a shark attack and stuff. But I really felt it fell under the category of shark attack stuff more than 
what I was thinking in my head. That's the only reason this doesn't make my list tonight, because otherwise <laughs> Jaws would totally be on my list, uh, because it really is, in my opinion, a perfect film um, and probably one of the greatest films ever made. But so, so, oh, I can add a comment because I think it's kind of funny. Um, so the episode last week when I wasn't here, but uh, I was listening to it. You did say on that episode that Jaws counts for the list, and that's part of what informed me to do it. So. I know, and then <laughs> just and I, agree. And I know I said that last week. Yeah. I was when I was putting the list together, I was like, hmm, maybe it doesn't. It does. It does for sure. But in my mind, I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> no, and and yeah. I felt the same way because so much of the movie is like does take place on land, and then there's. There's shark attacks, but a lot of them are like isolated incidences, like at the beach or like at the beginning when the girl gets attacked and stuff. But a lot of the movie does take place on land in town with everybody trying to figure out what's going on and what we do we need to do about this problem. Uh, so this one is an interesting thing. But at the same time, movies on the ocean, anytime you Google that Jaws is going to come up, so it's it's a interesting conundrum. <laughs> you, you say that one more time, you broke up. Like the internet was being weird. Just say that one more time. I think I heard. Oh what you my, said. my bad. I was just saying that like so much of the movie does take place on land, but so it it kind of doesn't seem like it fits the bill. But if you Google movies that take place on the water, Jaws is always going to pop up. So it kind of it's kind of interesting in that way. Oh, OK. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Um, OK, so my next one is one I wasn't expecting to talk this late in the list, but it's the movie Fool's Gold. Um, also, not the best movie. Um, it's a sem- I don't even know if I feel like it lands on the rom-com category, but it's not really a rom-com in my opinion. Um, it is an ocean treasure hunting movie again, um, where Matthew McConaughey, Kate Hudson, um, are searching for a treasure because, uh, he's the treasure hunter. She's trying to like get a divorce from him because he's too obsessed with treasure hunting and he can't have a normal life because he's too obsessed with treasure hunting. So she's trying to divorce him. And then she finds out that the treasure is real and he knows exactly where it is. And then it, the adventure continues. Um, there's some really cool, like, modern-day pirate stuff. And then throw... So it's modern-day pirate stuff with ocean treasure hunting stuff with some really good comedy and a really cool, like, well-put-together cast. Um, it's just, in my opinion, it's a lot of fun. If you want to watch it, it's on HBO Max right now. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so I just, in all seriousness, take a look. And in all my, in all seriousness, in my opinion, take a look at it because I think it's a really fun movie. Um, so yeah. Nice. Yeah, maybe I'll have to check it out. This is another one I haven't seen, but uh, yeah, sounds cool. I feel like you've mentioned this one before, but uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I, think I, just you'll have, I think you'll have a lot of chance fun to see with this it. one yet. I think you'll have a lot of fun with mm-hmm. it if you uh, if you watch the movie itself. So nice. Yeah. So, yeah, man, what's your second, your final pick of the night? Yeah, my final pick. And uh, this list was in no particular order. Um, and I don't think this is necessarily my favorite movie on my list. But uh, the one that ended up being mentioned last. You're breaking up real bad. Dude. So you're breaking uh, up 
You're breaking up real bad. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Can you hear me okay? I mean, we'll fix it in post. Yeah, yeah, right? you've been coming through fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, no, I was just saying that uh, I went with Titanic for my final pick. So You know what? Um, so did I, and I'm surprised that it's our last discussion of the night. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, what can you do? Yeah. Um, um, so let's talk about let's talk about Titanic. Yeah, I mean, this movie, where do you start? I mean, I feel like it was such a groundbreaking piece of cinema when it came out. Um, and it it won Best Picture, right? Yeah, yeah of course it won Best Picture. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, it I won, wasn't like... It won all the awards that year. Are you kidding? No, I remember it winning a lot. I was in like junior high or before junior high, actually. So I just wasn't sure. But uh, no, I feel like this movie is a classic. I think it's it's got so many memorable moments. It's got a very hearty fan base that is still super passionate about the movie. And uh, I don't know. I think this one stood the test of time in a lot of different ways. Um, and it's just achieved so much when it comes to special effects and the soundtrack and the way it was shot and how they tried to replicate history as best as possible. Like there's so many different angles to talk about this movie, you know, uh, do you have any specific things you want to touch on drew? Well, this is the movie that inspired this top five list. Um, because yeah, right. my kid is like incredibly obsessed with Titanic in a general sense. I think he, he's really fascinated by, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the movie. He's fascinated by the idea of the big ship that went down and he's read books on the excavation and exploration of the wreck and all that stuff. And he watches YouTube videos on it and he's, there's a, I don't remember what the name of the game is. Hang on a second. It is called. There is a game you can get called Floating Sandbox. It's a free game you can get for your PC. You literally just click download. It's it's really cheap. And basically what it is, you can put any boat on water. Like you literally you you like pick a boat and you just put it there. Um, he does the Titanic quite a bit. But what you do is you then get. On this game, you like can poke a hole in it wherever you want. <laughs> and oh, fun. you can poke a hole in it or cut it in half or blow it up with dynamite or <laughs> like there's all kinds of weapons where you can get a lightsaber and start cutting away at it and stuff. And you get to basically get to destroy the boat and watch it sink in real time. So like you can, if you wanted to, drop the Titanic in and hit it where the iceberg would, and then you can watch it sink the way it would nor would have sank in the movie. It's pretty cool. Um, but it's a physics based little thing you can get on your computer. He loves playing with it. Um, and there's some goofy ones cause you can put in like, you can put an airplane on the water and see what happens if an airplane got sunk or whatever, you know? So, um, but yeah, Titanic, like in this movie holds up. Um, and when I say, I, and I just watched it recently that made me go, let's do this list. Let's talk about, you know, this, um, Yes, the movie won Best Picture. It won all the awards that year. We still joke about whether or not they could have sat on the, uh, um, they both could have fit on the door. Uh, the issue is, is they proved that it's a weight thing. It's a physics, it's a weight balance thing where they would not have fit on the door. But at the same time, however, in my personal opinion, if they would have taken turns, <laughs> um, maybe he would have survived. Um <laughs> That's actually a good question, and I feel like that actually makes me wonder, like, if you were, 
in the like ocean like that far north and stuff and like you know facing hypothermia if you took terms would you survive or would just both of them end up dying you know that's a interesting thing to look into but i think the one the one thing they could have done is shown jack try to get on the board with rose and then maybe it would start to sink and then he'd say oh no no you can have it or something like that maybe that would have uh ended this eternal debate but i mean we're also all about eternal debates here so <laughs> what can you do <laughs> yeah we want the eternal we want the eternal. yeah <laughs> um but no that's titanic still holds up it's still gorgeous to watch there's actually um some early when you, because i have a much larger tv now than i did when i first saw the movie um there's some stuff at the beginning where you can see through the cgi red tape if you will um, but you gotta know what you're looking for. And then it's like, oh, there it is. There's the red tape, you know? So, um, you can see through it a little bit, but, and when I say that, I mean, you can spot that it's CGI versus real. Um, and that's only like a couple things at the beginning and then it kind of gets cleaned up as you go. Um, but yeah, the movie's great. It's probably one of the best movies ever made. Um, and it's definitely one that'll never get rebooted because of how well it was handled. <laughs> so um <laughs> that's what you say now <laughs> no i'm just kidding you know what i, I, think I, would, right. <laughs> I would love to eat my words on this one just for the sake of the jokes that we can um, absolutely but yeah that definitely brings us to the end of this week's list uh peter what are we doing next week it's your call yeah so i have a uh very weird but i think fun list for next week and that is our top five things that television lied to you about <laughs> and what i mean by that what i really want to do with this list is i want to talk about the stuff that when you were a kid and you were watching tv and you see all these tropes play out and uh it's stuff that you think happens all the time in real life but it doesn't so like i might use this one for my list but a classic example is you end up driving down the highway against traffic. Like, I feel like that happens so much in movies where people take a wrong turn and then all of a sudden they're on the expressway going against traffic and they're trying to weave in and out of out of cars. When I was a kid, I thought that was like an everyday occurrence. Like, I was like, oh, I'm sure that'll happen to me once or twice because I, I would see it in like every other movie. But it never happened. You know, that's never happened to me. And that's kind of what I want to talk about with this list is like, what are the things when you watch TV as a kid you thought would be true? And then when you got older, you realized, no, that just literally never happens. So I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yes, it does. And it's, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a really fun conversation. Absolutely. But I think it's going to be difficult to piece together this top five, to be completely honest. Uh, fair, fair enough. This is a this is also something that I've used as like a icebreaker conversation with new groups of friends. Like I've used it a couple times and it's kind of always a hit. Um, so I've maybe done a little more brainstorming than you, but I do think it's going to be a really fun conversation when uh, we discuss this next week. So, all right, cool. All right. Well, everybody that brings us to the end of this week. Um, so we're going to toss this episode in the can and go get some rest. Um, 
Do us all a favor, everyone. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on the social media. Either way works. We are on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, Audible. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can subscribe to us um, in those places. If you do, yeah, you will not miss a single episode. You can leave us a review. If you do, uh, we love those five stars. I'm stumbling. We love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us make, it makes us better and it makes the words we say feel important. Let me get out of this. <laughs> you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I will be complaining that I never find any rupees while mowing the lawn. Yeah, you don't find rupees when you mow the lawn. That's kind of good for all. I guess I'm just not smashing enough pottery. I guess that's what it is. Clearly not. All right. Um, Everybody, for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.